Good evening. It's Monday, March 13th, and the Public Safety Commission meeting is now called to order. We begin by acknowledging that the land on which we gather that is currently known as the city of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tongva and the Gabrielino Kritz people. Now will everyone please stand for the pledge? And commissioners, we decided to do this together. it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Commission Secretary, may I please get a roll call? Commissioner Berger? Here. Commissioner Steele? Here. Vice Chair Balbone? Here. Chair Hallman? Here. Please note that Commissioner Oliver will be joining us later this evening. Thank you. Um, approval of the agenda. Are there any changes to tonight's agenda, Commissioners? Do I have a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. Thank you. Commission Secretary, may I please get a roll call? Commissioner Berger? Aye. Commissioner Steele? Aye. Vice Chair Balbone? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. The agenda has been approved. Thank you. Uh, approval of the minutes. Are there any changes to the minutes from February 13th, 2023, Commissioners? No, Chair. Motion to approve. Second. Okay. Um, Commissioner Secretary, can I get a roll call, please? Commissioner Berger? Aye. Commissioner Steele? Aye. Vice Chair Balbone? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. Minutes been approved. Thank you. Um, tonight is a very special and different meeting for us, but a very important one. It's a special study session on community listening on the municipal police Excuse force. Me, Chair. Chair, I'm sorry. Um, we have uh, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, John Erickson, who would like just to make uh, a brief comment in the beginning before ah. we get into the item, if that's okay. All right. Do you want to speak now? All right. All right. Thank you. I was on a roll. To think I appointed you, too. <laughs> what disrespect. No. Um, I just wanted to stop by and say thank you to all of you who helped engage in and plan uh, this weekend's uh, active shooter and community safety um, event that was really good. Danny did a great job. I hate that we have to have that conversation and have it, but the questions were riveting. I know a lot of members of the public who are somewhere here enjoyed it, and I want to thank you because that's the type of stuff that you really see tangentially impact our communities. Um, and how we can have another one. I also just want to take a moment of personal privilege to thank my good friend, Commissioner Balbone, um, Vice Chair Balbone, who has served this commission with such grace and esteem for so long. Um, I know you have lots of great stuff coming up. Um, and it's, I was thinking about it because I was a, a Wizard of Oz head last week because I couldn't be in public, but Ruth Williams introduced us a long time ago and there she is in the, um, 
foyer, and it's just great to see you here, and I just adore you and think the highest of you, and I'm just really thankful to the diligent work you provide this commission, this city, and its residents, and so I just wanted to come give you that personal thanks because we don't get to do that often. So have a great commission meeting. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem. So item six on our agenda, the special study session and community listening on the municipal police force feasibility study. The purpose of this meeting is to hear from the entire community and garner feedback on this item. We'll, we will be following the structured outline on the agenda as it relates to introduction, public comments followed by commissioner comments. And commissioners, when we do our, when we start after staff gives their report, I ask that you only ask questions first, and then later on in our agenda when we have commissioner comments, you can make your comments. So at this time, I'm gonna turn the meeting over to Director of Community Safety, um, Mr. Rivas. Great, thank you, and good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Public Safety Commissioners, and members of the public. Uh, my name is Danny Rivas, and I'm the Director of Community Safety for the City of West Hollywood. Um, as the Chair mentioned, um, this item involves the City's request for proposals process to select a qualified consultant to conduct a review of the City's current law enforcement contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department um, and to provide a feasibility study to determine the cost and scope of creating a West Hollywood Municipal Police Department. However, I want to emphasize that as reflected in the request for proposal, uh, this feasibility study would not constitute an official policy recommendation, but would serve to inform the City Council on how the creation of a Municipal Police Department in substitution for the current contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department would impact service and performance to the community as well as to the overall cost to do so. So over the last couple of years, uh, there have been several conversations regarding this topic that have occurred with the Public Safety Commission and the City Council, and this examination initiative was discussed and funded as part of the City's current adopted budget. The request for proposals was released on October 17th of last year and closed on December 2nd of 2022. Some of the project deliverables reflected in the request for proposal included current proposed and optimal levels of service for a law enforcement program, effectiveness of the proposed municipal program compared to the existing Los Angeles uh, County Sheriff's Department service model, and order of magnitude comparison as relates to services and costs. In addition, there was an organizational plan for the proposed program included um, in an organizational chart, staff projections, and an estimate timeline to transition between service models if further considered. Um, in addition to that, there was an operational plan for the temporary increase of law enforcement or security personnel during major special events, such as Pride and Halloween. Uh, findings from review of our existing law enforcement services contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, a presentation to the public during the development of the report to gather feedback and input, and presentations to the Public Safety Commission and the City Council of interim findings and the final report. 
So the city received six prospective consultant submittals and established a diverse review team to evaluate the six proposals. The review team was comprised of staff who work as part of the city's community safety working group, which included David Wilson, our city manager, um, Christoph Schroeder, our director of human services and rent stabilization, uh, Christine Safriat, our uh, assistant to the city manager, Jackie Rokel, our deputy city manager, and myself um, as director of the community uh, safety department, um, as well as uh, two uh, independent law enforcement experts, uh, Sean Eldridge, who currently serves as the Director of Law Enforcement Services for the Center for Policing Equity, uh, Matt Terigian, um, who is a retired uh, Chief of Police and also a consultant as part of the Community Safety and Wellbeing Strategy. Uh, so this team, um, after uh, reviewing the written proposals, as well as uh, interviewing uh, the proposed consultants that submitted, uh, submitted uh, individual uh, ratings regarding uh, the consultant's uh, overall uh, submittal and responsiveness to the scope of work and deliverables uh, listed in the request for proposal. Um, as a result, uh, a Matrix Consulting Group uh, was uh, the highest ranked uh, consultant that was proposed as a part of the review panel um, based off of the individual scores. Um, and that uh, was as a result of seven of the eight review panelists um, uh, ranking uh, Matrix Consulting Group um, as the highest uh, amongst the six. Uh, Matrix Consulting Group is based in California and their project team was able to effectively present during the interview and written proposal an understanding of the West Hollywood community and important ongoing discussions related to community safety. Um, in addition to that, Matrix Consulting Group also demonstrated their long-standing experience in public sector organizational analysis, uh, particularly in law enforcement, uh, data and financial analysis, community engagement, and project management, and has completed work in the past for the city and several Los Angeles County and California agencies, some of which contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Um, in addition, their familiarity with the institutional processes and organizational structure of local and city uh, county governments in California separated them from the rest of the prospective consultants, along with their strong commitment in using metrics not only based on current industry standards, but on emerging standards as well. Uh, Matrix Consulting was also the only consultant um, that offered to train and share their data analysis program with the city, which would allow the city uh, staff uh, for continual assessment of law enforcement operations. A few recommended areas that the review panel provided input on uh, were also reflected in the staff report. And to summarize those, um, that included an emphasis on community engagement plan and communication about the process, a study to focus on independent uh, feasibility analysis of multiple law enforcement models with no foregone uh, conclusions, uh, establishment of performance metrics on community policing, a study emerging as well as existing best law enforcement standards and practices, and a study to focus on evaluating the current contract in terms of what is working, what is not working, and identifying areas of improvement. Um, at the last uh, 
Public Safety Commission meeting, uh, there was a lengthy discussion, um, and as a result of that discussion, uh, there was a motion that was passed uh, unanimously by the commissioners in attendance um, to establish uh, this community listening um, and study session regarding this item. Um, a summary of additional recommendations uh, by the commission um, is reflected in the staff report, as well as a summary of public comments made at that time. In addition, there were interview questions um, that were requested uh, by the commission that were asked of the request for proposal uh, panel review team um, uh, to the consultants that were interviewed, and those questions are also reflected uh, in the staff report and posted online for public review. Um, so finally, uh, next steps uh, is that staff will be bringing uh, the item. I know um, in the current staff report, it is reflective of a March 20th, which is our next city council meeting, uh, for staff to uh, recommend uh, the hiring of a selected consultant to perform uh, this project, um, in addition to taking into account and summarizing the feedback from the Public Safety Commission meeting this evening, as well as any community comments made um, this evening as well. So uh, chair and members of the Public Safety Commission, that concludes uh, my presentation and I'm happy to answer any questions the commission may have. Um, commissioners, are there any questions for Director Rivas? I have questions about the um, questions, but are we saving that for when we after public comment? Um, we can do questions now about the report that he just gave and then our comments will come later. Okay. So specific questions about yes, all of the different. Yes. Okay, great. Um, do we have more information? I didn't see the body of work for Matrix in California. Can you speak to that that information received either the chair or Danny? I'm sorry. Say that again. The body of work for Matrix in the state of California. You mentioned the state of California a few minutes ago. Can you talk more about their work in the state of California? Um, in terms of like the cities that they provided. Um, so I, I do know just in terms of uh, the actually uh, reference checks that we performed um, specifically with cities that we had reached out to that um, are here in Los Angeles County. Um, they had performed a report for the city of Los Angeles uh, Police Department. So we did reach out to them. Um, and then separately, we reached out to the city of Commerce. Um, and that city specifically does uh, contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Um, so we did uh, reach out to both of those cities. In terms of the rest of the list, I know it is reflected in their request for proposal submittal. Um, I would have to look at the staff report um, to tell you and just give me a second. So I know attachment B, so I could review that and I'd be able to answer that because I know it, it does reflect a number of cities that are in California. Okay, thank you. And then in terms of Los Angeles, do we have a copy of that report since they did a report for the city of Los Angeles? Um, we do not have uh, a copy of that, uh, of that report, no. Is that something we can request? Um, sure, yeah, I'm sure we could, uh, whether it's through a public records request through them or we can reach out to the same contact that we had. Okay, got it, thank you. And out of the cities they served in California, do any cities have a similar demographic in terms of LGBTQ community? Yeah, I, I don't know off the, the, the top of my head if uh, which cities, but I would have to look at the list and that wasn't something that uh, we looked like, but we can look into that. Okay, got it. Um, and then the only other questions that I have was I was hoping to get more of a picture of the answers and the responses from these submissions. So for the questions that you have listed here, and thank you for providing these, for these questions, is it possible to get some 
um, feedback from yourself, and obviously I know the chair was there as well, on those answers and what about the answers to those questions um, swayed the decision or kind of lent itself to the decision of the panel? Yeah, I, I, I can't speak for the chair, obviously, sure. but um, yeah, I would have to uh, look at my notes. Um, I don't have my notes with me, but uh, I could access that and uh, certainly capable of providing um, and summarizing to the best that I can at this time. Okay, maybe chair during your comments, you can share with us a little bit about your experience with the. My experience, I'm going from my recollection, mm -hmm. because again, I don't have my notes. Um, I felt we were a diverse group of individuals. Um, I think we all asked very pointed questions. Um, for me, being a black queer man and a 35 year resident of the city, um, I focus my questions um, in that area. Like, yeah, I'm not asking about the panel makeup, I'm asking about the actual, the actual answers to these questions. So can you share with us the, your feedback on these questions from Matrix? And I'd also like to hear more about Maroon Society, if that's yeah, possible. Yeah, well, like I said, I would have to review my notes and go through all of that, um, you know, to answer, you know, those questions. So I think we should, I'm happy to, you know, like provide that at a different time to you. Okay, so we're not going to get any information tonight regarding what answers were received by the panel that led to the decision for and the selection for Matrix. I thought that was part of the dialogue. Uh, the, my understanding is the request for the questions that were asked specifically um, in terms of garnering all of the uh, responses that individual uh, review panel members uh, made, um, that, that's not something that was a part of uh, the directive or that was my understanding. Um, so uh, what we reflected in the staff report is essentially the questions that were asked. Um, you know, to recollect uh, two months, uh, almost two months from now, uh, us having the interviews and, you know, the notes that were taken obviously as a part of that and the debrief discussion that occurred amongst the review panel members, no differently than any request for proposal process. That's not something that um, we were prepared to share the, this evening. Okay, I appreciate that. As, as you know, I don't agree with the, that it was a diverse group in the sense that not just of the makeup, but there was a majority of staff, there wasn't anyone with police accountability, um, with the metric of DEI and LGBTQ intersectionality, and I think we've missed a, a beat on that. So that was my issue kind of at the start, and I was hoping to get a little bit more clarity on the decision, but um, I guess we can all just talk Well, further. you know what I will say, when we did have our meeting to go over the agenda, and the agenda was presented to us, um, you could have asked that at the time, and I'm sure we could have made sure that those things were provided. I mean, we did look over the, the agenda for tonight, and I don't recall you asking um, or saying that you wanted more information. Sure, okay, that's fair. I just assume if I'm asking what the questions are, we were gonna have a dialogue about the submissions, and that would include some general feedback overall. I'm not asking for specific pages of notes. I would imagine that we would have some thought about making a selection and what their responses were and some some memory of, of the dialogue with the group that we're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to. That's the, I'm, I'm just, I thought we were going to more of a dialogue about that, but we can just go through and... Yeah, well, like I said, again, um, you did not raise that question when we met, so... Um, staff has prepared the agenda as it reflects 
and I think we need to move forward. And um, I am very happy to see so many people here from the community. Uh, I'm a firm believer, I think it is important that your voices are heard. Um, when we recently had the Neighborhood Watch Captain meeting on Zoom, I encouraged everyone to come because we want to hear from you. And tonight is a very special meeting. Uh, we've set aside everything else on the agenda uh, so we can focus on this and listen and then make our recommendation to council. So, Director Rivas, are we ready to move forward with public comments? Uh, we are, yes. And I'll turn it over to our commission secretary to um, start announcing those folks that are in the city council chambers that wish to provide public comment at this time. Okay, so the first speaker we have is Annie John Vicente. You will have three minutes to speak. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool, three minutes. Um, I just want to say that I don't think that this audience represents um, the city. They're almost entirely white, maybe like 30, 20, 30 people here. One person in the audience is black. Um, the city council, I don't think, rep two, my apologies, I didn't get a full view. Um, this city council does, re I'm sorry, this commission, my apologies, does represent a decent amount of people in the city does not represent trans people, just doesn't. Now with all that being said, the first people that are on the scene are the residents. Uh, we've actually heard in city council meetings literally one comment right before mine where block by block or this, this citizen witnessed a trans woman being abused by her boyfriend. And this man noticed that block by block was standing there not doing anything for minutes, minutes on end. They, what, were they even calling the police? No. So what this man did was he approached the situation, helped this trans woman out by giving her the bear spray, and the dude backed off. That's in a public comment. His request after that was more law enforcement. But why? He resolved the situation. Why do we need to throw money at a problem like that? Number one, and I only have half my time. My suggestion is to have a three-pronged unit. It's first emergency response de-escalation unit. What else is there to do at first response? Are you going to approach a violent situation with violence? What comes out of that? The next should be a separate investigative unit, maybe going out with the de-escalation unit. But then after the investigative unit's done, then they go get a warrant for the arresting arm. I don't understand how that's complicated. There's, police should not do all three. End of story, okay? I'm sitting in front of you, and you all know what happened to me when the police illegally arrested me in my home and now my shoulder is jacked, I can't do certain activities, thanks. There's a case study that you could look at, Camden, New Jersey. Please fact check me in all this uh, as, as a former New Jerseyan. Uh, I do know that they did fire the entire police. Camden, New Jersey was riddled with crime. They fired all the police and they intensely investigated every single police officer 
for an interview back and only hired the good ones. Um, they significantly increased uh, services to everything else, and they saw, again, fact check me, I believe a 68% reduction in crime. Um, so last thing is charrettes. Um, perform only when diversity and economic inclusion standards are met. Vote as a charrette what to, what to propose. Do not give city planners last say. Do not give city council last say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Our next speaker is Richard Eastman. If you will please approach the podium, you'll have three minutes to speak. Distinctive commissioners, I'm almost 70 years old. I never really lived in West Hollywood, but I live in Hollywood. And when I came to this town as a teenager, I was a young gay man from San Francisco, where we had the hippies and the Black Panthers, and freedom. And the police arrested me for marijuana in 1969. And they also arrested my dear, dead friend, Dennis Perone, the founder of medical marijuana, which I never really discussed that we were in jail together, but we were. And Dennis and I were in the work furlough program, and the police, including San Francisco police, the sheriffs, when I would come down to Los Angeles before I moved to Hollywood in 1976, I always felt I was safe in Sherman or West Hollywood before it was incorporated by my friends, Valerie Tremeglio, John Hallman, Morris Kite, and the LGBTQ community. Many times I've been attacked in front of the police I mean, the sheriff's station at that bus stop. The last time I spoke was at a city council meeting, and Debbie Shine was here, and John Harmon, and I had suggested a camera be put there near the bus stop, not only for me, but for the transgender community, the black community, everybody that comes to West Hollywood that feels safe, including when I didn't feel safe 50 years ago when the sheriffs wanted to kill me for marijuana and let alone turning 70 in a few weeks, singing at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and the family up there loves me now because it's like, well, whether they're smoking on the rainbow or smoking on the sidewalk, this city, Woody Harrelson, the dispensaries, the, 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 the uh, compassionate uh, coffee shops, if you don't feel comfortable in a city that wants to be Amsterdam and, and doesn't protect my transgender friends, or my black friends, or even me, when I go home to East Hollywood every night at that bus stop, I fear for my life, whether it's somebody I knew that attacked me, or anybody. So the feasibility study, I agree with, uh, 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 maybe we should need a municipal police force. And I'm honored that I could speak here today, because I saw it on the news, and I thought, John Heilman likes to say, Richard, you did all the work. Dennis Perone used to tell me I was doing God's work. And when I was in the room with two presidents, one that inhaled and one that didn't, the Secret Service salutes me in front of the White House, whether I'm there for the 53rd smoke-in, or if I get attacked at that bus stop without you or the sheriff putting a TV camera there, I'm dead. So please, make a good decision. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Next to speak, we have Mito Aviles, 
if you want to approach the podium, you'll have three minutes to speak. Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, Commission, Danny, everybody. My name is Mito, and I've been a resident of West Hollywood for almost 20 years. Uh, I'm a Social Justice Task Force founding member and the Arts and Cultural Affairs Commissioner, one of them. I'm here to share my recommendation regarding the recommended proposal for the consulting team who, who would be guiding the city in creating our own police force. My recommendation is to bypass the recommended consulting team, Matrix Consulting Group. Already as it is, we're having issues with our own police contract with the LA Sheriff, LA County Sheriff, and their lack of oversight and implementation. I say this from firsthand experience, but also as a collective message from the constituents at large who have had similar experiences with the Sheriff's Department in the city of West Hollywood. As one of the founding members of the Social Justice Task Force, we've worked hard to come up with a roadmap for accountability within different sectors of our community where we felt there was a need for improvement and one of those and will continue to be public safety. For all constituents, importantly, for marginalized black, brown, indigenous people of color and the LGBTQ community. To ignore the work of the Social Justice Task Force, a group of BIPOC individuals who bravely and diligently worked hard to bring to the table discoveries that needed to be addressed in the city of West Hollywood would be counterproductive and a waste of time and resources. It would be performative and frankly, malicious. Let's do the right thing. Rethinking and reconsidering who we are and going who we are going to be in political bed with, and by that I mean the same, doing the same thing we're comfortable with, let's change the narrative. Complacency as a whole in West Hollywood has, a, has no place in West Hollywood. The status quo has no home here. Let's change it. Considering the amount of inclusion and diversity discourse we pride ourselves on as a city. This isn't about being an activist, it's about having common sense, and rather than having rhetoric, let's create action. Let's, uh, let's let go of consulting companies that do not serve the betterment of the city. Ask ourselves where do their politics lie and whom do they favor? Let's not consider them. I challenge the city to let go of the, cons the consultants that do not serve the utmost for our community. Let's align ourselves with teams that care and are compassionate and empathetic. After research and review, the consulting company that makes sense to me is not the one that is being considered. It's the one that's being overlooked. This is why I urge the Public Safety Commission, along with the city of West Hollywood, to consider the Maroon Society as the conclusive and diverse consulting group to spearhead the feasibility study for a potential police department. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Mito. Next, we have Zakia Wright to speak. You'll have three minutes. Uh, good evening, Public uh, Safety Commission Chair. Um, to address a point that was misstated earlier by uh, Chair Hallman, that the information wasn't asked for, a commissioner still asked for it, I asked forward. Someone even suggested that night having all of the um, RFP folks call in so the public could actually ask them questions. So we, it was a bit more than even asking for the responses. It was asking for more information about the process. It seems to me that everyone that gave comments that night had a common issue with it. It was the lack of transparency. And that was whether they agreed with the issue or not. Everyone said, well, what happened? There was no, excuse me, transparency in the process. There was no opportunity for the public to have an influence on the decision. All we have is a recommendation by staff for the Matrix Society 
made up by a committee of folks that no one even knew was being assembled, that was represented majority by staff members, making, sending out an RFP that had no envisioning, no language, none of the guidance provided by the Social Justice Task Force, but then we have a recommendation that we know council was going to accept. And again, it was in the entire process, there was no input and there were so many opportunities within this process for there to have been input from the community. And finally, if we're going to do it and move forward with the RFPs that we have, instead of re-envisioning sending out an RFP that's inclusive of all the things that everyone's been discussing and been asking for, I think that would be the great way, the best way, but if we're not going to do that, I would say the Maroon Society. They've done work in West Hollywood, they've conducted surveys in West Hollywood, and most of their response has led with community engagement. So I know that if we are going to use this uh, vendor, then more than likely there'll be an opportunity for more public engagement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Zakia. Our final speaker is Adam Iramian. Um, if you could please approach the podium, you'll have three minutes to speak. Good evening, commissioners. Hope you're having a lovely evening this afternoon, this evening. Um, I wasn't planning on speaking tonight, but I felt enticed to say something. Um, having our own police department sounds like it's a great idea. We all would like to have it, but it's not as easy as one would think it would be. So I have a few questions and concerns that I'd like to address before a final decision is made and approached with city council. One being that we are an LGBTQ community, if we are to have our own police department, will our police officers be trained to deal with everything that is dealt with our LGBTQ community? That could be from anything from homelessness to an employee who's having you know, a, 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 a situation that they're dealing with or whatever the case may be. Um, my other concern would be there are certain events throughout the year that we have, gay pride, Halloween. How are we gonna fund these extra officers? When Halloween comes, gay pride comes, we bring in so many deputies from LA County. They could be from anywhere from LA County and we, we bring them here. So that's one of my other concerns. Uh, my other concern is the police station. LA County currently owns the current sheriff station. Where are we gonna have our current police station? Um, will it have to be built? Where is it gonna go? Um, and all that comes into costs. You know, I'm a, a fiscal conservative. Um, I'm not against spending money, but we gotta see where all this money is gonna come from. Um, it's again, the cost and fiscal impact of having our own police department, retirement for the police officers, lawsuits, you know, currently, you know, LA County is dealing with all of that, but if West Hollywood was gonna have their own police department, how are we gonna pay out for their 401Ks? How are we gonna pay out for lawsuits? And just something that we need to consider and think about. You know, God forbid we have to have SWAT come in, or if there's a standoff, we use all of the resources from LA County currently. Where would those resources come from if, God forbid, we needed to call in SWAT teams? Um, and again, it's just policy and procedures. Who's gonna be implementing those policy and procedures? Those are my, our main, my main concerns. I'm not against having our own police department, 
but I think that we shouldn't make any haste decisions. We should spend some more time rather than one, two, or three uh, public safety commission meetings to discuss it and figure out the best solution for the residents, businesses, and entire community members of West Hollywood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Um, before we move on to Zoom, was there any other members of the public that wish to speak here in Chambers? Okay, we'll move on to our Zoom callers. And Chair, I'll begin uh, calling on some folks in Zoom as I switch um, screens. Thank you, Director Rivas. Okay, great. Uh, the first speaker I have uh, with the telephone number ending in 9416, Elise Eisenberg, if you would please unmute yourself by pressing star six. Uh, please state your name um, and uh, the item and you'll have three minutes to uh, speak at this time. Okay, Elise Eisenberg, City of West Hollywood. I'm calling because um, I don't know why we're spending this money on consultants, but this has been brought before the city on a number of occasions before, I believe including voting for it by the public, uh, and it has been rejected. Uh, with a lot of the reasons that the previous speaker just mentioned, uh, the costs, uh, where are we going to put them, the investment in infrastructure, but more than that, I, I think that this is an issue, uh, even before discussing it with the hiring a consultant for it, it should be put before the public. I have absolutely no confidence that our current city council can manage their own police force. I'm afraid it would become a political process. And as we have seen uh, in, in the past two years, there are members of the council that have uh, used uh, things for a personal basis. And I think that is extremely alarming. Um, it, it is simply not something that a small city like this can manage with all of our big outside events. Uh, we would be having to uh, contract out for a, number, for a lot of the support. And um, I think it's going to even be a problem recruiting people. I submitted a letter to the city uh, outlining the reasons why, um, because even Beverly Hills has had trouble hiring police officers because of the general defund the police movement. There are people that simply don't want this job anymore. So, and I think in terms of training and supervising, it, the city, this city doesn't have the um, expertise to do that. So uh, I would reject even hiring a consultant at this point or not without further outreach from the public in terms of voting for whether this is even something that uh, the city should even consider. Thank you. Thank you, Elise. Uh, I'll move on to uh, the next telephone number here, um, ending with the last four digits of 7426. Uh, Again, 7426. If you could please press um, star six if you wish to speak at this time. Um, you will have three minutes to speak, and if you could please um, provide uh, your name. Hi, my name is Vanessa I've been a resident of West Hollywood for the past seven years. Um, my concern is, I have a question, is our sheriff currently a constitutional sheriff? Can anybody answer that question? Uh, uh, Ms. We're, yeah, we're, we're not able, the commission's not able to respond back to you at this point, um, but if you could please okay. provide well, your my, comment. My, yeah. my, 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 
my concern is that for everybody's safety, as far as the federal government, um, every state and every, since we're in our own incorporated city, if the sheriff's department is a constitutional department, it is the only defense that we have against the federal government. And if you remove the sheriff's department, you remove the ability of the people to protect themselves against the federal government coming in and taking it. They're the last defense of any public safety, of any um, intrusion of our political system that we see here. I've been living here and I've seen crime go up 167%. I've had my building broken into four times and I live right by La Cienega and Santa Monica Boulevard. I cannot wear my watch out. I've seen people been held up with guns and the people on bikes do nothing. That's a waste of money. I, I'm, I totally wholeheartedly believe in accordance that the people should be able to vote and not the council because there's a lot of politics going on. And I don't even feel safe. I, I rarely go out anymore. I, I, I just go to the supermarket, do my job, and come home. So it's not, I mean, and, and I'm a, a gay woman, okay? But there has to be certain safety and certain protocols. It just can't be only one-sided. There's a lot of people in the community here. And I firmly believe that a sheriff is much needed. And like the current, the, the previous caller said, I don't believe the facility council could do the job or, or it, they're too political. I, I'm, I'm sorry, that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening. Great, thank you, Vanessa, for your comments. Um, moving on to the next uh, phone number, um, ending with the last four digits of 3554. If you wish to speak at this time, you would have three minutes. Please press star six to unmute yourself and state your name before providing public comment. Good evening, thank you for, the, for waiting. My name is William Forth, live here at West Hollywood on Horn Avenue. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. I think, to be blunt, that this is um, a fool's errand. I, I, I think that the money would be much better spent in enhancing our, our current services. Sorry, give me some feedback there. Um, my concern is the, the cost, inestimable cost of, of uh, infrastructure, staffing, training, equipment, ongoing community, community relations, all of those things. And frankly, we're just, we're trending in the wrong direction. Uh, with crime, both uh, minor crime and serious crime. So my request, please, would be that the public should have more of an informed view of this um, rather than it be left uh, entirely to the council to decide. So I think, just to be, put it really simply, I think our money could be better spent and better invested with enhancing the services uh, that we have with the sheriff's department, relying on their experience rather than uh, going down this pathway. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to speak. Thank you so much for your public comment. Um, moving on to the next uh, telephone number, um, ending in the last four digits of 5972. Again, 5972, if you could please press star six if you wish to speak at this moment. Um, you'll have three minutes to speak and if you can state your name in the beginning. Good evening, chair, commissioners, and members of staff. My name's Michael King. I'm a resident of the city 
for many years. I moved here in my 20s. I'm no longer in my 20s. I'm still here. I speak tonight though as a private citizen. More than 30 years ago, my dear late friend, Chris Fairchild, served on the Public Safety Commission, and he advocated strongly for a West Hollywood Police Department. In the intervening decades, life in the world, life and the world has changed. The West Hollywood Station has worked more and more closely with our city staff during the intervening years. Policing throughout the nation has changed, yet all of law enforcement must follow the legal interpretations of, of the nation's Supreme Court, and here in California, all the departments must also follow the laws enacted by Sacramento. Law enforcement's role is more limited than ever. Some people want our law enforcement to do less, others want them to do more, but all it seems want them to want to make their own micromanage, micromanaging choices that benefit few, yet at significantly higher costs to all. Please, if our sheriff's contract can be modified, if we determine it needs to be, specifically to address our local needs and shortfalls, let's do it. We need a small town police force beholden to one or another future council member like we need a collective hole in our head. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this evening. Thank you, Michael, for your comments. Um, moving on to um, the next um, phone number, ending with the four digits of 7388. If you could please unmute yourself at this time by pressing star six, you'd have three minutes to speak. Um, again, last four digits of 7388, press press star six and state your name before giving public comment. Hi, Larry Block, West Hollywood. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can hear you. Hello? Hi, Dan. Um, well, um, it's great to have a lot of game plans, but we should um, give a chance to one game plan that has just been enacted. We just made a plan to reduce the sheriff deputies by a couple and add the block-by-block -block ambassadors. That plan is just going into effect. Perhaps that plan in itself works out, or the previous plan of the sheriff, but now we're going into spending money on this new plan uh, for consultants without even putting that money back on either plan A or plan B, and now plan C is going on the table. If you're a business owner and you sign a paycheck, you're gonna certainly know that it costs less to use a payroll service than it is to hire somebody yourself to do the payroll. And the economies of scale are, that you get by shared responsibilities are, are great on everything that happens with regards to insurance costs and lawsuit and legal injury. And some of the previous callers also spoke to other things. And, but there's also costs that we would want to have. If we want to have the best sheriff's department, we're going to have to fully equip with them all the body armor that's necessary and all the cameras too. So to base our cost structure on some intangible asset, it's, it's definitely going to be more than the half a million dollars we may have cut from the budget or what they need to secure what we need to have use all their assets. And then we're gonna to try to build our own little house all by itself that City Hall control, like code compliance, does that get enforced? Uh, uh, and other things, parking, other things, other problems. So we're biting off a little more than we can chew, I think, with this. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy and thought process when all this can be put towards 
how we can utilize what's happening right now with block by block being implemented. Do we see any results the last two months? Can we talk about what's going on? Can we talk about what's needed with active shooters and the threats that go on with an active shooter to our community? Instead of trying to bite off more than we can chew with our own police department. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Larry, for your comment. Um, Chair, that is all we have in Zoom. However, we do have uh, one additional speaker here in City Council Chambers, uh, Steve Martin. If you could make your way up uh, to the podium, um, you'll have three minutes uh, to speak. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, Steve Martin, West Hollywood. Admittedly, this is a real opportunity to hear what the people in the community are looking for in law enforcement. So in some ways, this doesn't have to necessarily be money ill spent. But to do that, we need to make sure that we're hiring a body that is actually going to do that, that is not coming in with preconceived agendas, that understands that they're gonna to have to talk to the real stakeholders here. And the real stakeholders are not really you, not really the city council. It's the people who live in West Hollywood. And the people who are on the front lines on this are people in the neighborhood watch groups and the neighborhood groups at, who have not been solicited and not had their input asked for. There are so many people, including the people who, uh, like Mike King, who volunteer at the sheriff station who could give you a lot of insights as to what the sheriff does right and a lot of areas where they could really improve. I mean, what do we want out of law enforcement? I mean, obviously we want to see safer streets, safer neighborhoods, quicker response times, but how do we get there? The city manager was here last time and he hinted that basically we would expect to cost to pay more if we were going to have something that was even approaching what other cities like Beverly Hills do, two, three times as much. That's a big commitment of money, and that is going to have to come from somewhere. If you hire a consultant and you want them to come in at basically what we're paying now, you'll find that consultant. You'll always find somebody that will tell you what you want to hear. I mean. I've been practicing law long enough to know that you can hire an expert witness to get you to say almost anything. But what will happen is that you will have substantially fewer officers, probably, a, probably only one third of what we have now. You'll wind up having more block by block, whether or not that's effective or not. And we'll throw in a smattering of mental health outreach workers that will have I suspect rather minimal impact on crime as people are being assaulted uh, over the weekend. Uh, we're not gonna be calling, nobody's gonna call a mental health worker when you're being held up at gunpoint. Nobody's gonna be calling a mental health worker when you're being kidnapped from the Abbey. That's just the reality of things. The, the, when, when we're witnessing homeless people looting our stores, uh, we know a mental health worker isn't going to help because those people aren't going to stop because they're not going to be arrested no matter what. But we really need to look at whose agenda is this. And as long as we're working at a neighborhood agenda, maybe we'll be fine.
Chair, that's a final uh, speaker at this time. Additional speakers in Zoom? No. So we can move on to commissioner comments. Director Rivas? Yeah, that is correct. All right, thank you. Um, first, uh, thank you to everyone in the community that spoke uh, in chambers as well as through Zoom. Again, I feel it's very important uh, as a resident that your voice is heard. So, commissioners, um, does anyone have any comments? Commissioner Steele. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you to all the public who has come out tonight and has zoomed in. Um, I've also taken a lot of time personally, many of you know, to talk to community members um, on all sides of the issue uh, and topic of policing. Um, there's a lot of nuance, there's a lot to discuss, um, and there's a lot of layers. We don't have anything in front of us right now that says what we will or won't net out with. The point of this particular meeting is to talk about the RFP process and submission uh, for the feasibility study. The feasibility study is going to happen. It was approved by council. That's not kind of on the menu for tonight. I just want to make sure everybody understands what we're here to do so we can, we can get there. Um, the, the study itself is to be activated in two parts. So just to reiterate, the first part, or and not in order, by the way, the first piece of it is to ex look at the current LASD contract, looking at the sheriff's contract now, looking at the service, um, looking at them as a service provider and a vendor, because that is what they are, looking at that service, engaging with the community, business owners, um, residents, and folks that come here to work or play, and understand how we could be better maximizing that contract. What could we be doing better and bringing to the table to expand? What can they be doing better? What can they shift? That's the dialogue on that particular piece. And obviously, feel free to jump in if I'm misquoting. Uh, the second piece of that is to look at the potential of having a municipal police force. That is a long time coming. That will have nothing to do with current changes or what's happening in the next, you know, 60 to 90 days in the city. The study itself will take months to complete. Um, it will have a lot of community engagement. Uh, that is certainly the hope of, what, of whatever consultant we bring on. So I just want to kind of clarify those things. It is a two-piece project. Um, and the, both of those pieces are included, both looking at the current um, just contract and relationship and what improvements can be made across the board, and then looking at the potential of a municipal police force um, that operates in the city. I have no um, thought at the current moment of what should or shouldn't be, except to see um, hopefully a great study come back with feedback we can all look at, and then have some serious dialogue with the community before any decisions are, are close to being made. Um, I want to clarify something. We are all stakeholders. A lot of times I'll hear people make comments that they're the real stakeholders, they're the real residents. There is no real resident. A resident is a resident of the city. It doesn't matter which side of town they're on, if they're a renter, if they're a homeowner, although congrats if you are. The city is largely comprised of renters. Um, and so also we're here. We have a responsibility to protect the folks that come here to work and come here to play. And every single person has value. And it's our role to 
protect those folks. And many of the folks that come here to work or play fall under the marginalized identity because they can't afford to live in the city. That's a reality. Um, a lot of the concern that was stated has been included in the earlier report, so I do encourage the public, um, especially since this will be a continued dialogue, to go back, look at the earlier Public Safety Commission meetings on this. This motion was brought by the commission. It started uh, before I was here on November 5th, 2020. I did go back and rewatch that full meeting before attending this evening as well. Um, and I do encourage you to get fully informed on it. Um, there's a lot of information that I think it's good for you to see in conversation, it's good for you to hear. Um, regarding block by block, if there's any questions about them and what they're doing, of course, we have reporting every month, always happy to dialogue it, and I thank um, uh, Andy Jumpicente for mentioning that other issue um, regarding the bear spray, and I will uh, circle back with them, but I appreciate that information. Um, in terms of the panels, uh, the panel, I think I have already stated that I don't think it was a diverse panel in perspective and in lens. I'm not talking necessarily about the makeup, although I probably wouldn't wholly agree there. Um, I had recommended early, early on that we include police accountability in the dialogue. One of the um, things that Vice Chair Balbone added to the original motion November 5th, 2020 in that meeting was the word accountability. That is the word that is missing. That is the work that is missing, and that's not what I'm seeing. I am seeing it uh, in the Maroon Society, but I'll touch on them in a second. Um, and I say that because when you have a panel of folks that are largely beholden to the city manager, um, who I respect in his role, I do think there is a skewed lens there. I don't think there was enough um, diversity. I don't, this didn't have um, enough LGBTQ representation from my view. It didn't have, um, uh, oh, November 5th, 2021. I apologize, I'm, I'm getting my numbers jumbled. Uh, the LGBTQ body should have been consulted. The Trans Advisory Board should have been consulted. And uh, I think most important, the Social Justice Task Force body should have been consulted. And the work that they did, they took months to do, um, really serves as a roadmap to do exactly this kind of work. And the problem is, these bodies go into effect, this work gets done, and it doesn't get actioned, right? And then you've got a new commission and a new council and nobody knows who's on first when the, the bottom line is people have spent months doing this work we've paid other consultants like we did with the social justice task force we had a wonderful person leading that working group there was heavy community engagement those were, meetings were fantastic the work is incredible if you're not familiar with it please get familiar with it to not put that work into action my question is always how long do we wait we, the work gets done and then it's, oh, they're working on it, we're gonna implement. When are we going to implement it, if not now, when we're doing a study about policing and equity in the city? Um, uh, Director Rivas, you mentioned earlier that it's, it was no different than any other RFP process. Um, and just two notes on that, and I appreciate you and your work tremendously, which I know you know. Um, but I just wanna call out two things. One, this is a very different situation than an RFP for a graphic designer or other vendors. And I'm not saying that in the sense that you don't know it, so please don't take it that way. I'm just speaking to the breadth of the topic. Um, and I do think a large, much larger um, group should have been involved. And I think the planning should have been 
uh, transparent. Um, I've had it said to me that maybe folks just don't understand that it's often the chair that represents the body. This isn't a liaison role. This is interviewing for a consultant. Um, and so no, I haven't seen other chairs brought in to do interviews. No, I haven't seen folks welcomed into that space. I wasn't when I was chair of the LGBTQ board, um, but I certainly can tell you that I look forward to having the chair of the new LGBTQ commission invited to a seat at that table, and I will insist on it. Um, in terms of the timing, I know we've done this study before. I hear the public on that. A lot has happened since 1992, um, and there's a lot of change happening, so I do think it's time um, for the study. And again, it is happening and approved, so we're not really here to debate that, but um, it's a different landscape, both the city and the country. Um, although I took notes on all of the comment, and I appreciate that. In terms of the training that was referenced, we don't have uh, good LGBTQ inclusive training now, and I wonder how many folks have even stopped to ask that. I've attended that training. I sat in the sheriff's station and sat through the LGBTQ training, which was lacking at best. That's the best that I can say right now. I have had dialogue with Captain Mulder about it. Um, he's been receptive to that dialogue, also with uh, Sheriff uh, Luna's team um, to have a larger scope conversation about LGBTQ inclusive training for the county, um, because that that is post-training. That comes from the county. It's not our um, decision and it would be if it was our force. Um, that's, not a, that's not a vote in that box for me. I'm just clarifying. That is post-approved training that comes from the county, and that training needs to be redone at the county level, and that is something I am working on outside of this body. Um, a couple more quick things. Um, you know, it was also stated that the, the police departments have to follow the law of the land. Well, we just, we know that that's not always true, right? I'm not saying that's not, that's true in West Hollywood or not true in West Hollywood. I'm saying is, um, you know, there are civilian oversight committees. You can attend those meetings um, and get informed and engaged on what's happening with LASD, the oversight issues, and, and get involved in that process if you want to understand what's going on there, the work with LASD gangs. That is not what we're here to discuss. I just wanted to offer that in case folks want to get a little more um, involved in the LASD um, civilian oversight dialogue. I have a couple of additional notes um, that I do want to mention, and I I'm, appreciate the time. I think it's important, and I know that's it's what we're here to do. So, um, regarding the submissions, <clears throat> I want to point out a couple things. And again. Um, getting feedback from folks across the board in the community, folks that are very happy with our current service provided, folks that aren't, folks that think it can use a little freshening, um, and, and, and folks that want to see it shifted altogether. Um, and I appreciate the three-pronged suggestion from Annie Jump and some of Stephen Martin's words as well uh, in terms of some changes that we could make that would be um, effective. So in terms of... Um, the other thing that was mentioned that I wanted to refer to, I apologize, uh, Director Rivas, when you mentioned that this isn't a stand, no different, we have a study happening in the city right now from the CPE, which you've, everybody in this body has heard me speak about, that is not being done with equity. It's 43% it's plus LGBTQ in the city. We have a study on policing and equity that does not have any LGBTQ inclusion. None. Sean Eldridge, from his own mouth, sat right here and told us that they do not do that work. They do not have that lens. We call ourselves the queer city, the gay city, boys town, and yet we're having an equity dialogue with police that doesn't involve the LGBTQ community. Not only that, if you're only having a race dialogue, which is massively important, and I support that work, you are missing the intersection of the black queer experience and the BIPOC queer experience. So um, I don't... That is why I'm reticent to just say, yeah, I, I, 
I'm sure it was all done because I've seen it not be done. It's actively not being done. In addition, that study has taken way too long. We've had not a single result. I think at the last meeting, the update was they spoke to 24 people, 24 people in that period of time. It's beyond subpar. Um, so if it's about rolling out money and a budget that's already allotted, let's spend the money and get it done right and get it done by somebody who knows how to execute it and does it in the fullness of respect to all of our residents and visitors. Um, in terms of the matrix, um, I'm, I'm going to get into some of these deets. All of the individuals listed are, are I presume, cis men. Five out of the six are white men. Um, they do not have representation. They just had um, another uh, gentleman that was brought on who is a black man. That was very, very recent. Um, and there's no gender diversity. That, that shows an unconscious misogyny uh, and a blind spot, and it is a concern. We have a, a city that's about to roll out a month-long program for women's <laughs> history, celebrating the women in this city, and yet we're looking at a team that has zero gender diversity, and that is a massive blind spot for everybody involved in this process. How can we expect a team that has that lens to uh, see the blind spots that perpetuate harms in this city? Their approach feels 100% analytics and removes the human impacts by the institution of police. That's extremely important. Not a single person on the team is based in LA, um, and I think we need more local uh, needs and eyes. Um, we also are looking at a team that has zero DEI background and lacking diversity, so I'm concerned about that right out of the gate. How can they possibly understand the underbelly of institutional racism as it relates to policing and its uh, correlation there? I'd love to know examples. I don't know if I'm going to get them, but I'd love to know some examples uh, where, this, where the matrix specifically, that group has done uh, work in reimagining safety that centers the most marginalized and most impacted. Um, would love to know a little bit more, so I'm just hoping maybe we can get some feedback if we can recall. Um, and that this, all of this was not included in the CPE study, which is why we are where we are with that study. And I know that study was enacted before Director Rivas was here and before some of the folks were here uh, on this body. Um, and then I just don't think a team of predominantly white cis men won't perpetuate established biases that are um, long accounted for. So pretty, pretty uh, concerned about that. Um, I do want to mention some things about the group that I think we should select, which is the Maroon Society. Um, the Maroon Society is the best qualified. They have knowledge of the city of West Hollywood, social services, and the safety needs of the specificity of West Hollywood. Subject matter expertise, technical proficiency, they have been incredible in turning around surveys and community engagement programming for the city in the past. Um, and uh, I have no doubt they would be able to um, execute this with excellence. They already to have established relationships um, with the necessary parties. I think that will help streamline some of these processes as well, as well and not reinvent the wheel with someone who's having to learn about our city. Um, I also appreciate you know, that they fully understand the landscape. Um, their foundation is based in Los Angeles, which means they also have a huge understanding of LA County and law enforcement in Los Angeles County, and that is what we're here to look at. Um, and the focus is on projects at the intersections of public health and criminal justice. All of the work that they've done um, is public health and criminal justice. There's a lot of intersectionality there, and I think that's an incredible body um, to go into this 
uh, work with. They uh, evaluate how LAPD responds to 911 calls for domestic violence survivors. They evaluate and recommend resources of allocation of LAPD officers conducting decoy operations to enforce tobacco sales to adolescents, studying LAPD's gang reduction and youth development program. This is already a part of their body of work. It's already part of their wheelhouse and something they have expertise and experience in. These experiences, combined with our extensive knowledge of and work with the West Hollywood government staff, which is also incredibly important that they have that working relationship and knowledge with the task forces, with the commissions. I've seen them come to the bodies. I have seen them take the time. I have not seen that from other groups, including CP, unless specifically requested. Um, and those have been misses. So the fact that they've taken the time, they've put in the work, they've showed up at the commissions, they showed up at the boards, they got community input every step of the way, tells me that they're going to go into this with the right lens. In addition, they've got uh, decades of experience advancing social justice and equity through law enforcement leadership roles, training and consulting, um, and the outreach and engagement sets them apart. They've got a massive amount of survey experience and really solid execution with community engagement. So there's a lot that we pulled from, uh, and a lot of that is from their submission. So. You may have read that as well. Uh, they have some gender diversity, so I will give them a shout out for that. Uh, and um, I really think that we'll go into this doing the work with all of the parties involved and have a really good mental health resource background. I just think we have to cover all of these things. Uh, it is part of the purview of this body to protect the most marginalized. That's literally in our work plan and our mission. And so we can't leave these pieces out when it comes to this work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any other commissioners have comments? Commissioner Berger? Uh, it's really, I'm just really happy about the residents this time that came out here, and I hope that you guys will comment again in the second public comment after you hear our comments, but it's really, thank you all for coming out here because um, you're the real residents that really live here this time. Um, there's something that I want to bring up, and thank you, Commissioner Steele, for, for refreshing our memory about how long ago this study was determined to even happen. That's November 2020. That, 2020, that's a long time ago. So much has changed since then. So much has changed. We have a new um, community safety, safety director. We have um, a uh, Sheriff Luna, they just got voted in and he ran on reforms. Um, we have the block by block big change that's been happening and we haven't seen any results from that. We haven't seen any results from the CPE yet. We hired them and um, we've got a new captain. We have the behavioral health units and so we have the social justice task force. We have all of these things that have totally changed by now. And we haven't given a lot of those things even a chance to see what they are gonna what's gonna happen. It could take a couple of years for the new sheriff to uh, implement some of the things. He was at last, um, yesterday, two days ago. He was here for our, our, uh, our meeting. He was here for our, he, uh, at the dialogue with the deputies. And um, I got to talk with him. He remembered me from when he was here before. And same with um, Chair Hallman. So he cares about this community. And he is really listening to what we have to say. So I think 
What I want to suggest, and I'm, I'll make a motion after y'all have a chance to weigh in, but that we suggest to city council to scrap this thing altogether. That's $199,000, is it, that we're going to spend on something that was, is t the whole, everything has changed. Um, everything has totally changed when that was voted on. We have a totally different city council now. So uh, that's what I would hope, to let them re-decide if they want to now. But I just, I just think that this is um, old. It was, it was decided a long time ago, and so much has changed, and so many, like Larry Block called in and said, we've got all of these things that we're trying. Why don't we let some of those things have a chance? to see what happens with them. Instead of this, spending the money on this, spend it on the behavioral health teams, spend it on so many things that we can spend it on now. Can I respond? So, first of all, we're moving forward with the feasibility study. You can make a motion, but we are here to execute this process, make a selection, and execute the study. The entire world hasn't changed since 2021. What has changed is the need for accountability, the need for a look at the contract, the need for those pieces. None of that has changed, um, and so I'm not in favor of that. And since you mentioned Larry Block, I'm going to take a moment to say this. Larry Block, do not text me. Larry Block is texting me during a meeting, and his comment is, the Jackie Steele show, way to not give anybody else a chance to speak. I am not here for your misogyny. I am not here for your bullying. I am a commissioner that was appointed to this body. I have shown up. I have done the work consistently, and I will continue to do it. So loud and clearly, do not contact me. Thank you. You can contact me through my commissioner email only. Um, commissioners, any other comments? This topic has been hotly debated by this community, and we don't all see eye to eye on it. That's just a factual situation. What I have seen us do, and the part that I, when I reviewed these proposals, struggled with is, we've got the Center for Policing Equity that we're waiting for that information back. We have the Community Safety and Wellbeing Strategy and we're waiting for that information back. And now we have a study that's meant to look very specifically at forming a police department and assessing the current police department. I struggle with these proposals because some of them did just that. Maroon Society is trying to wrap all of those things together. And as a fiscal conservative myself, I look at their proposal and it's $363,000 because they're trying to do all of those things. But we've also put money from the city already towards those two other strategies. I am unclear, as you know, we sit here, how these things will come together. And that, I think, is part of the confusion that I feel I think some of our residents feel. It's not that people don't want to see all of these things come together, but candidly, we've got several oars in the water and I don't know how they're going to come together. And I think that it creates confusion for this community on an issue that is already divisive enough for all of us. So that's one of the things that I could use some feedback on from staff or the council. 
how are all of these things going to be sequenced? And are they truly a package thing? Because that's the part that I struggle with. I think some folks, when they responded to this RFP, thought they were doing one thing and one thing only. But I don't think this topic is a one thing only topic. And that's something that we have to deal with because I can't even evaluate the RFPs without that understanding of what's, what are we doing with CPE, what are we doing with community safety and well-being, and how does this RFP sit with those two things? Because if it's just meant to evaluate the police department, I'd have one answer. If it's meant to wrap it all together, I might have a different answer. Um, Commissioner Oliver. Um, so I don't disagree um, on the merits of the, um, the different RFPs um, that my fellow commissioners put forward. But I think at the end of the day, what a lot of people are saying, and I tend to agree, is that we're going to pay for a study that's going to tell us what we essentially already know, which is for a city that's one point, less than 1.9 square miles, we can't afford our own police department. That, I think, is what a lot of people are saying, and I don't disagree. Beverly Hills spends 106 million, over $106 million a year, more than two-thirds of our entire budget uh, in the city of West Hollywood on their police force. Uh, we spend $23 million, and um, our social service budget is about $9 million. So if we were to double our share of, or excuse me, our uh, law enforcement budget, where is that money going to come from? Um, something has got to give uh, because we are dealing with a finite budget. And I know that this commission meeting is not, this special meeting is not about um, whether or not to have the study, but uh, the RFPs for the actual consultants to do the study. However, um, I think we kind of rushed into this position and there's a, a bit of uh, shock in the community. Um, that's that's what I'm understanding. I'm not opposed to this on the merits per se. I just don't see how it happens logistically. Uh, we do have a new sheriff um, who is committed to making reforms. Um, he has shown up. I saw him at an LGBTQ um, dialogue with the deputy yesterday. Uh, yes, that was yesterday. Um, and then there are logistical issues. Where would the station go? It is a, the Metro and Sheriff's uh, lot is county owned. Um, where would a West Hollywood Police Department go? Um, there's a liability to the, the general fund. There's a responsibility uh, to um, pay pensions that right now we pay into. But at any time, the city of West Hollywood can sever uh, it's contract. We contract everything in this city because we are 1.88 square miles. We even contract our parking enforcement. Um, this is not feasible. I, I just don't see it. And I'd, before we spend $200,000 or $400,000, I would just like to know um, how this could work. I do think that um, I mean, if we were to go with the $400,000 um, uh, bid, that's essentially 4% of our social service spending, just for the, the um, study. Um, that's, that's my perspective on this. I, I think this is something that council really should consider 
um, spending this money. This is, there's an opportunity cost with the, the spending on a study that may not be necessary. Um, this could go to rental assistance, emergency rental assistance when people are facing evictions um, with the moratorium ending. I, that's, that's what I have to add to the conversation. Thank you. Um, I know we will take under consideration all of the public comments and concerns. You know, I was part of that interview process. Uh, I'm very proud of the work we did, the work I did my contribution. Um, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. When we decided we were gonna have this special meeting, we also agreed that there would be a meeting before to, us, to discuss the agenda, which obviously would include Director Rivas, myself as chair, and typically vice chair of Balbone. But she deferred her presence to you, Commissioner Steele. So when we met, the agenda was presented to us so it was very, very clear what we were going to discuss. And a very wise person said to me, who used to run public safety, they said, you know, sometimes if you have questions to ask, there's nothing wrong with having a sidebar with the individual so they're prepared. Because if they're not prepared, you're going to have to wait. So, I feel that that meeting, when we reviewed the agenda and Director Rivas asked us if we were good, we both agreed, that was your opportunity to say you wanted to see some additional things put on the agenda for this evening. So, I'm not done. I know you're not. Um, so, I would like to think you weren't intentionally trying to hijack this meeting and throw things in to catch everyone off guard. I'm just not, I, I, I don't want to think that way. But, um, Annie, 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 this is not public comments. This is not, this is commissioner comments. This is commissioner comments, and I'm going to ask you to refrain from speaking. Thank you. Anyway, the agenda was discussed. We all thought we were on the same page. I'm sorry you feel you didn't get um, some of the questions answered that you wanted to have answered, but it just would have been nice to get that heads up in advance so staff could have made that part of our agenda. I think Director Rivas and staff do an amazing job. I'm very happy with the way they handle this, but I just feel it was very disingenuous of you. Okay, <laughs> I'll respond. Um, there's a lot we can unpack that happened in that meeting, but I won't. 
Um, I did ask very specifically in the last meeting where we were all here on the dais to have this dialogue to understand more about how the decision was made. I am uh, to call to to name call, which is the second time in a matter of two weeks you've done that. To it's it's blatant and unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. You don't like that I'm challenging something that you had a part in deciding, and that is unfortunate. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. I don't agree with the decision. It is based on exactly what I've brought to the table in the previous meeting, in the follow-up dialogues, and in this meeting. So. I don't know what's disingenuous about having the same dialogue and expanding on the same thing that I've said repeatedly or why that would lead to such a juvenile response. I, don't, it's, I just don't understand it, and I, I think you're better than that, and I'm, it's really unfortunate that that just happened. Well, I think you and I have agreed that we disagree on a lot of things, and I'm fine with that. We don't all have to agree on things. Um, moving on, Director Revis, um, as a commission, do we need to discuss on some of these things that we would like presented to council as a body? Uh, ab absolutely. Um, I think that would be very helpful to uh, summarize. I, I know there was a mention by um, Commissioner Berger in terms of potentially you're considering to make a motion, but um, you know we can certainly um, add and all of the input and feedback that each of the commissioners provided. Um, if a commissioner wants to make a motion, um, if you want to kind of go over and summarize, um, like we've done on other items, I think that's very helpful. So that way we can make sure, right, from a staff perspective that we have everything that we need um, to incorporate uh, as this item uh, moves on for consideration um, to the city council. Um, so we can certainly do that and it would be extremely helpful. Thank you. I'd like to propose before we get into motions um, just the idea of, I think one of the things that is so frustrating is I think there are times when the city does a job of listening to residents and tries to enact things. What I don't think we do really well is weave those things back together in form of policy. And that is a concern because we do have several things around this space and in this area that were intentionally put in place by people trying to hear and respond to residents, right? Those things include the Center for Policing Equity study, they include the Community Safety and Wellbeing study and framework, and now we have a proposed review what it would take to set up the police department independently or change the dynamic with the current contract. Those things, are separate, but they're really not. And I think that is part of what is frustrating all of us, and I think it's frustrating for the community. Because I do not think we've had a conscientious way to bring those three things together. And probably it's because they're all happening with different teams, different vendors, and we all have a level of frustration with the status quo, wherever we sit on these topics. For me, that's part of the issue, and that's part of what I keep hearing from everybody. And it's very real, and the frustration levels are very real with where everybody sits, but it's not that individually people aren't always being heard. I'm sure that happens too, but there's some very well-intended things that this city has done to try to listen to everybody. We just haven't done a great job of weaving it all back together. And 
for me, I can't in good conscience come up with a strategy that says, look at this without making a recommendation that those two other things have to happen if we choose to move forward with this evaluation. Because it's unfair to these vendors as well, because one of them has priced themselves on doing all of it. And I don't think all of it needs to be done. And they're the most expensive because of it. And I don't know that that's the work that needs to be done. So that's something I think we really have to have a, a thoughtful proposal on to the city council and to staff, because we're out of sync on this stuff. And it's, it's okay to be out of sync, but to not address that, we're not gonna get the outcome. And if, uh, I would like to make a motion Absolutely. on to- Can we continue the dialogue before dialogue we do that? A little bit more, okay. Corey, just to be fair to everybody, because it's so important. Thank you. So, and the, the point, again, just to bring us back to center on this thing, the entire point of this meeting and the ask for this meeting was to look at the RFPs and have, and the submissions, excuse me, and have a dialogue about the submissions. If this body doesn't make a recommendation to council, council will decide. So we are now going to take the power out of this body's hand. And these may decide differently anyway, right? Who knows? But we will take the power out of this body's hands and out of the public's hands and leave it fully to council. And if that's what everybody wants to do, that's fine. But we are here to make a decision and a recommendation. I don't disagree with what Vice Chair Balbon is saying, and I referenced it earlier myself. Um, what I will say is that I'm, I'm not holding weight to this CPE study. I've said it repeatedly. Without LGBTQ inclusion, it's a full stop for me. So I'm thrilled that there's going to be a study there. I agree with you. These things aren't, you know, put together in a way that executes them, you know, with any um, in a symbiotic way where they can, you know, lend themselves to each other and engage e the processes for each other. I don't know that that means we need to hold this back. Um, I wanted to make two other points just uh, for Commissioner. I, 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 I'm going to ask you to hold off on, on that um, because you did speak it for a very lengthy time before. Um, I do agree with Vice Chair Balbone, and I think we should have a discussion, which I think is great when we discuss things and how we want them to move forward. Annie, that's the last time. That's the last time. Um, so with that being said, um, I don't disagree with you, Vice Chair. Um, you know, a lot of things seem out of sync. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to contribute before we get to motions? I just wanna, I, I'm seeing two conversations happening here, right? There's a conversation that is uh, a desire for a West Hollywood Police Department, the benefits, um, also the drawbacks, but there's also a conversation about the, whether this is in the realm of possibilities. And I think um, what a lot of people are saying, myself included, is we may not need a study to tell us that we can't afford this. That there are many things that, that we may want, but it's just simply we cannot afford it as a city. And um, when you look at the two budgets, I just don't see how, um, where the disconnect is. Beverly Hills is a city of the same population, um, three times the geographic area. Um, they don't increase uh, in size like we do, nights and, and weekends. Um, they don't have the bar scene that we have. They don't have the nightlife that we have. So they, they have 
some similar needs and some different, but they're spending four times um, what we're spending on police to have their own department. And I understand we could do that for a fraction of that, but I'm just, there's a disconnect here. Where, why do we need a study to tell us that we can't afford a $75 million police force or a $100 million police force? Um, common sense says that. You know, like that's what I'm, that's I think the frustration uh, is that there's a common sense approach here. All of these, between $91,000 and $363,000 to tell us that we can't afford this, I think is the, the frustration for myself and, and others. Um, before we move on, I think it would be good if we took a 10-minute recess. Commissioners, we can meet in the back. Commission Secretary, if you will escort us to the back. And we will be back in 10 minutes.
All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, everyone. Um, we're back in session. Um, we felt it was necessary just to take a small pause. Um, full disclosure, as a commission, we did not discuss this issue in the back. Um, we wanna have that discussion here in front of you, the public, so we can then make our recommendation to council. So, um, commissioners, um, any other points that anyone would like to address? Yes, I would like to just provide a little information. So I know we talked about the budget, um, whether it was the 199 or the 363, even at the higher end of the 363, that's 1.8.6% of our annual police budget. So that is a very minimal investment into looking at the contract. I think the second thing I wanted to just offer is that um, I know there's a lot of dialogue about the police force and I think that's very important dialogue and every ounce of it is important and what, what the public has to say is absolutely um, uh, paramount here. Um, all of that uh, and that discussion comes after the study. The study will tell, because right now we've heard things like, oh, we'll have a lot you know, less officers and financially that may, that, there may be something there. We've heard it's gonna be double or triple. We don't have any numbers in front of us that we can actually operate off of. So I just wanna remind everyone that in the process of the study, part of the po uh, point of it, of course, is the financial analysis on everything that folks have mentioned. So we've certainly heard you. My concern in bringing up the process of how we got here is the same and I think shared uh, with a little bit of what Vice Chair had to offer in that if we don't have a clear picture of the next steps and if we don't have a clear picture of the engagement, I am concerned for that. One of the things we had asked to have included, I, I sorry, I'll speak for myself, I had asked to have included um, after speaking with some community members is to bring in the Department of Police Accountability, the person that is in San Francisco who built that department obviously also understands um, all of the intersecting um, community members uh, and is now um, in charge of civilian oversight for the entire state. So there's really no reason that it wouldn't apply and be viable for the city of West Hollywood to work with whatever vendor. In addition, I'd like to request that as the study moves forward with whomever we select, uh, our advice council, and then they ultimately select, um, we incorporate a 3.5% budget ask in the study only, in the looking at of the study, um, to have our own Department of Police Accountability because that department, that money and that budget would also incorporate some of the, the legal issues that were brought up before, some of those types of things would be covered under that by having our own uh, lawyer. Um, I think that that was it. Let me just check my notes, sorry, one sec. I just wanna make sure. Yeah, and the other the other I wanted to make to Vice Chair Balbone's question um, is the Maroon Society's RFP. I didn't feel like they were trying to do the other pieces, the community well-being uh, safety strategies. It's out there. I think you're completely right about the incorporation, and I think we need a clear picture of what that's going to be, and that makes sense. Um, I think what they've provided is showing that they can do this work with the lens of all of those things incorporated, not that they're necessarily trying to do a well-being study or one of those pieces, but that they're going to go into this study with an intersectional lens, a look at human services, as well as just standards and policing and contracts. So um, that's, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, let's just go down the line. Com Vice Chair Valbon, any additional comments? Uh, no, not at this time. Okay. Um, My mic was not on, sorry. No, uh, not at this time. Um, you know, the only comment I will make when we were vetting and during the interview process, and, you know, I was well aware that Maroon has worked in the city before. When it came down to this particular project, and we were each asked to put forward, you know, our top three in the order that we thought they should poll. And yes, they have worked in the city, but it just wasn't a consensus for this that they were the right consultancy group. And we independently had to do our own thing and we all kind of came to the same conclusion, um, which is why the consultancy firm that was selected um, was selected. Uh, Commissioner Oliver. And Commissioner Berger. I, uh, I really like, um, I agree with Commissioner Oliver about the costs. Um, and if I don't know if you guys will remember um, that Kristen Cook did bring the costs of this to council. So they have a pretty good idea about all of this that Commissioner Oliver spoke about. I agree with um, Commissioner Balbone that we need to weave all of this together. Um, and so I, I, just, I just believe, I really believe that we, we should make a recommendation to pause this until after the CPE study. That's what we make a recommendation to council. I, I, I just feel like that's the right thing to do because of everything else that we've mentioned. There's, there's a whole lot of things going on. And so they, they can bring, um, staff can bring their, you know, their, what they want to city council, but it's our job to try to represent the, the residents. And this is what I'm hearing. And that's what I, I believe I'm hearing from the commissioners. So I would like to motion to do that, to pause this until after the CPE study. Um, do we have, Director Revis, you look like you were about to say something. Let me turn on my mic. Um, I was just gonna um, touch on just a few things that some of the commissioners had mentioned. Um, so the Center for Policing Equity um, is not um, an analysis or study that the city is actually paying for. Um, the city did enter into an agreement. Um, they are a nonprofit um, organization um, that studies um, bias as it relates to uh, law enforcement uh, practices with different uh, police departments across the nation. So I just wanted to make um, mention of that um, and to clarify for everyone that the city did not um, enter into a financial contract, right, and is paying for the services of that. Um, but what the Center for Policing Equity uh, will be studying and what they have been studying is um, information, data from our West Hollywood Sheriff Station as it relates to pedestrian stops and traffic stops. 
um, and those types of activities um, and identifying um, areas of, of improvement. Um, and so that study, um, as mentioned, um, is expected to come uh, back to this uh, body and to the city council um, for uh, review by the end of the second quarter of this um, calendar year. So that being June, um, we would see um, some type of report uh, making its way back to the commission. Um, in terms of, of this uh, feasibility study and kind of the, uh, the comments that have been uh, mentioned as it relates from some of the commissioners and some of the members of the public, um, this project is essentially um, a data-driven project for uh, a proposed consultant to look at our current contract, evaluate and analyze calls for service, um, where these calls for service are occurring, uh, right, which days, at which times, um, looking at the level of personnel um, and all of the uh, uh, services uh, that are being provided, some of which that many of the members of the, the public had mentioned, right, if it's um, increasing personnel during uh, major events such as Pride um, and really taking a look at everything in its totality. Um, evaluating that, um, looking at the current resource deployment, um, and then based off of that information and assessment, then proposing uh, what it would look like from a cost perspective of the city of West Hollywood considering, and I wanna stress consider, considering to make a decision for the city to establish its own police department. So a lot of the questions that I've heard, or even statements really of, uh, you know, uh, what is the cost gonna be um, to have uh, uh, our station? Uh, what is the level of personnel? All of that is what's really being considered as a part of this project and the selection of the consultant. In terms of the community safety and well-being strategy, that is a completely separate yet interchangeable um, to Vice Chair Balbone's uh, point um, in terms of, of looking at bringing together all of the social services, uh, well-being, mental health, et cetera, all of the programs um, that we have. And so that report um, actually went to the City Council in December of last year. So the final report um, did get presented to the City Council. Uh, there were a number of outreach sessions as it relates to uh, building that final report, uh, which began in spring of last year. Um, and so the next step in the community safety and well-being strategy plan is for there now to be um, an internal working group of different divisions and different departments based off of the input and feedback that came from community members based off of the input and feedback that came from different bodies um, and the city council to uh, have those divisions and departments start moving forward with uh, those initiatives. Um, so again, this, this specific request for proposal and the scope of work is to evaluate our current um, contract from a resource deployment, calls for service, very data-driven, and ultimately by looking at that data, Right, they would be able to look at what would it take right now for us from a cost perspective to um, have our own police department, if that's something to be considered. There has not yet been a decision made in terms of whether or not the city is going to move forward in that direction. This is the first step, and it's a very important step though, 
in the process, right, of selecting somebody that has the level of experience um, and based off of our review and assessment as a review panel as a whole, that's what was looked at, um, is making sure that somebody that has performed these types of analysis as it relates to police departments in California, I did have an opportunity to look at the request for proposal uh, from Matrix um, and listed on page two and three of their RFP, which is attachment B to the staff report. Um, there is listed 19 different agencies um, specific in California. Um, the City of Commerce that I mentioned earlier, they're not on that list in two and three. Um, but I, we did do a reference check, as I mentioned, um, and they did perform a study in terms of evaluating their Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department contract um, and the possibility of them uh, considering to have their own Commerce Police Department. Um, but my understanding is they did not move forward um, with, uh, with that, um, that approach. Um, they still continue to contract with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. However, there have been plenty of other um, projects and, and uh, studies that Matrix has completed um, that you know, have provided right, the information to allow the city council um, for those different cities or board of supervisors um, as they did perform uh, a study as well for Riverside County um, and other cities that contract with them right, to provide recommendations, um, not in terms of whether to have their own police department or not, but here is what we found, right, when we did the study, when we looked at the data, um, and this is what it would cost. The second step, if the city decided, the city council decided at that point upon review, if this does move forward, would be to look at another consultant to do uh, the implementation phase. Um, so that would be a completely separate um, request for proposal process. Um, but a part of this, this request for proposal, as you've seen, also is that there is a, a community engagement component. Um, so, you know, they will be doing outreach um, in the community, um, hearing from stakeholders, but the primary focus, of course, is uh, data-driven. It's looking, again, at the calls for service and, and the cost of the services that are currently being provided, um, looking at uh, ways of improving those services in our current contract, um, but also, again, uh, providing us with a view of, of what it would take uh, from a cost perspective and answer a lot of the questions that were brought forth. Um, so I just wanted to provide those, those comments as the commission uh, moves forward, um, but again, certainly valuing and respect all the commissions, all the public's uh, comments and taking those into account. Um, if the commission makes a recommendation, um, then obviously that is what would be included in the staff report when it goes before the city council. Thank you, Director Rivas. Um, with that clarification, um, Commissioners, any other questions? No. That was helpful in terms of understanding the scope of what this is and how it all may fit together at some point in time. So thank you, that was very helpful. So I think we have some clarity here. Um, what recommendations would we like to make as a commission? Um, to be included on the staff report. I'd like to make a motion. I'd like to make a motion that we 
recommend Maroon Society as the selected consultant for the project? So we have two motions on the floor. Yeah. What's, what was your motion? My motion was to, um, to pause the feasibility study until after the CPE comes back. Oh, I didn't realize that was an official motion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a, but well, because um, we, held it. we paused so Director Rivas could, you know, make that clarification. So, um, do we have a second? To which motion? Uh, to Commissioner Burgers. To Commissioner Burgers, yes. Okay, I have, I mean, if I was to go, I, I, I can't support that other motion because I haven't had the, the situation like the panel did where they got to interview all of the people and everything. And um, I, I respect staff's job. That's their job to do this. And so I would support, if we have to support one, I would support the, the one that staff has chosen, Matrix. Okay, great. So are you withdrawing your motion? Yeah, I'm withdrawing because there was no second. Okay, thank you. Um, Sure. Before I move forward, it's the second time it's been insinuated that I don't respect the staff or trust the staff. I respect the staff. Director Revis can give you a quick nod on whether or not he thinks I do or don't respect him. Um, that is our, it is our job to input on these items, and that's what we're here to do. And sometimes we'll agree, and sometimes we won't, and sometimes we'll win, and sometimes we'll lose, and that's okay for all of us. Um, so I just wanted to, to clarify that. Um, the motion that I have made is to make the recommendation to suggest that the Maroon Society is the selected consultant for the project. Do we have a second? Okay, well we need a second for the motion to move forward, correct? That's correct. All right, so with that being said, um, Commissioner Berger, would you his motion Commissioner Steele did not get a second to her motion. So moving forward with any recommendations that we as a commission would like to be included in the staff report that goes to city council. I'd like to make a recommendation that I don't know if it's attached to this. Moving forward, the city should not be utilizing vendors that are not LGBTQ and are intersectional. I don't, I just, I wildly disagree and I think we're, st we're starting it wrong. The social justice task force folks don't agree with this decision. Other community members don't agree with the decision and I think we're, we're really missing the beat on this entire process, so that's all I have. Okay, again, um, is there anything that we want to be included in the staff report? from this commission? I think just the comments uh, from the residents and the comments that we've all made, um, and that's it. I mean, they're, they're probably taking notes. Can we do a, um, a motion to uh, deliver that in a memo form to council? Um, just the, the difference, since it doesn't seem like we have a an agreement for a second on a motion. Um, 
So well, I think if I'm correct on Director Revis, when you present to council, um, it is a separate directive on our behalf, correct? Well, there'll, generally there'll be a, um, a segment in the staff report, right, that will notate. Um, you've seen on this staff report the summary that was provided for the last commission meeting. So that essentially um, would be um, mirrored. Uh, for this commission meeting this evening is taking into account all of the commissioners' comments and feedback to the extent possible, summarizing those, um, as well as mentioning all of um, the public comments that were made and reflecting that separately under the date. So it would be included in the staff report um, for the item when it goes before the city council. Okay, thank you. Um, this is our opportunity, everyone. Is there anything else? In that memo, um, if there's support and agreement, one of the things that I think is very important is to articulate the bodies of work in the way that you did for us because to me, that made this clearer. And it helped me to understand how to evaluate these RFPs without being completely present in the process, right? I think it would help these vendors to be clearer. We are a city that has complex and changing views on what safety and well-being mean, right? And we have work underway to evaluate that. We've invested in different strategies that need to be evaluated. This specific effort is about what does it take to get two things. One, to potentially have our own police department and what does the staffing need to look like? And then what does the contract that we have produce in terms of value and officer time and all of that? That is different than a holistic safety and well-being strategy in my mind. And that is why I believe it's been so hard to get clarity on this topic for me and that's why I have a struggle with these vendors, because I do believe that one of them did answer a much more comprehensive approach. But that's not what we're asking for in terms of what this is meant to be. That needs to be laid out clearly for the council and for the community, because it's, it's, it's been elusive to this point. And I don't know how we do that, and I don't know if there's agreement for that. But this is a beefy topic for everybody in this community and we've just got to get it clearer. And if this is meant to evaluate staffing levels with the current police contract and what it might take to have a new contract with them or what it might take to have our own police force, that is different than a whole safety and community well-being strategy. And I will say this, I tend to agree that we know what the cost will be and if we're really invested in community safety and well-being, that money is better spent in some of the strategies we've already talked about as a community and that are already presented in that community safety and well-being work. I don't know that there's support for that, but I agree with Commissioner Oliver on that. Understood, Vice Chair. Yeah, I agree with Commissioner Oliver and um, Vice Chair Balbone on that, that we should in, have that included as part of our representation from public safety. It sounds like there might be support for 
maybe a, a slightly tweaked um, recommendation. I, I think um, perhaps consider the a motion to council um, to consider um, rethinking, to reconsider this study um, and whether it's uh, uh, going to um, provide a benefit to the to the city, to people, to anybody in the city, visitors, residents. Um, I think that's a recommendation to at least give a plausible way that this could result. Um, we have enough talented staff in the city that could give a proposed budget for how we would refigure, reconfigure, excuse me, um, our budget to make this even remotely possible. That's what I'd like to know. Like that's the thing that's missing in this for me is how do you how do you squeeze out of a hundred and fifty million dollar budget the hundred and six million that Beverly Hills is spending, or even two thirds of that? Um, that's what I haven't heard in this entire process is how this is even remotely possible. I don't disagree on the merits, uh, many of the merits, and I also don't disagree with my colleague, uh, my fellow commissioner. Um, that we should not be considering, for example, a vendor for any um, RFP that doesn't have a single female, correct? Yeah, it's, so um, that's not reflective of our values in West Hollywood, but that's a broad statement um, in general. Um, but for this, I, I think that there's something that we can come up with for council essentially to say, like, can we, can we look at this from a realistic perspective before we spend $200,000 that could go to, to social services, that could go mm -hmm. to, we, we do a lot of studies in this city, right? Like, I, I mean, anybody who's in the study business, I guess uh, they've chosen the right industry. Um, we have a lot of studies and this is yet another one. $200,000, those are real dollars. Like that's- it, A lot of housing. Yeah. It's a lot of housing that's, 200 people, you know, rent subsidies for 200 people who, who might be facing eviction, you know, $1,000. So what is your recommendation, Commissioner Oliver? I, I'd say, um, and maybe perhaps a, one of my fellow commissioners can help. Reconsider. Commissioner Berger's I like, the, like that word. To, to reconsider the need for this. Also, my understanding is this was, um, this process began when the former um, sheriff was in office and had the election turned out differently, perhaps this might be um, a, a, a slightly different conversation. Um, but I do think when we have a reformer in office, we should um, try to work with that reformer to make, to make changes um, for what is, what is a practical, um, dollars and cents practical contract for our city. So are we all in agreement that we would like this um, portion uh, mentioned by Commissioner Oliver to be included as well? I'd like Commissioner Berger to re-enter the motion on the floor. I agree. And for my money, this was presented by Commissioner Roche, who sat on this commission. And the center of that entire work was DEI. And if this isn't done with an intersectional lens, I'd rather not see it done. And I also... Uh, have heard from folks that feel the same way that will be voicing their voice directly to council. So I would love it if Commissioner Berger would consider re-entering your motion on the floor. 
absolutely. I mean, the motion that you just made is, I think he's better. I guess in just a few words to reconsider um, taking on this process entirely and, and whether, I'm trying to be less wordy, um, to reconsider this um, entirely. So is this what we want included with our summary that goes to council, so what you just said? I'd like to make an amendment to your original motion if you would put it back on. Oh, it's all right. Uh, okay. so you, I don't you even remember how that. I said it. Okay. But. Well, then I, I will make a motion. Okay. I would like to move that we make a recommendation to city council that this process be reevaluated and that reevaluation include the fact that we do have a new sheriff, that we have a community safety and well-being study that is underway that needs to we need to glean insights from. We've got the Center for Police Equity that is going to come back with insights and that until we resolve those items and are very clear about what we want out of this study and how the RFP needs to better reflect all of the elements that this community wants to see, we should table this process is the recommendation of this committee and perhaps consider using these funds for known issues that we all already see and have in the community post the pandemic and during very difficult economic times. I'll second that. So we have a first and second. Commission Secretary, you want roll call? Commissioner Berger? Yes. Commissioner Oliver? Aye. Commissioner Steele? Aye. Vice Chair Balbone? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. Motion carries. All right, thank you. Commissioners, anything else additionally before we adjourn? Also, just to clarify, um, the way this meeting was structured, there was not a second slot for public comments. I do have something. Okay. I have two things. One, I know this meeting got heated, and I will say something, and it is not meant to be a personal attack on anyone. I never find you to be disingenuous. I find you to be incredibly passionate. Um, and I do think that this was a topic that was very difficult because it was not clear, and we did not have clear instruction from the council. And I think that's because the council was changing too. Um, I think we got to a very good answer and I think this was a tough, tough meeting to also chair. So thank you. And I'm sorry if you were called disingenuous or anyone got the impression that you are less than supported by this group. I also wanted to share, this will be my last meeting and I'm gonna get upset. <laughs> You gave am, away your tissues, so. I am going to be moving. And this is a very hard city to leave. And I really respect all of my fellow commissioners. And mostly I respect the residents of this city for coming here and speaking out and showing up. And one of the reasons I got involved was sitting in this council chamber in a very difficult debate 
watching people hotly contest an issue and walk out as neighbors, respecting each other and making space for each other. Now I will say in the last few years, I don't know that we've been as good about making space for each other, but I feel like it's coming back. So I just wanna thank everyone for what you've given me. I will carry it with me. And I don't think you actually leave West Hollywood ever. I don't think you can. Um, lastly, I did bake some cookies. <laughs> They're in the back. They're in baggies. Please take them with you. There are nuts in them. They are walnuts. Sorry, I could not, not do that um, as a baker. But I just want to thank you all. And I really did cherish all of the work that I've done here. It's taught me so much. Well, Vice Chair Balbone, you will be missed. Um, when I started on this commission, my role models were you and Vice Chair Roche. I wanted to have the strength and understanding. Um, I think analytically, um, we're going to, it's gonna to be tough filling your slot because you're brilliant at that. And you always made sure that uh, we considered those things. Um, but I wish you the best. Also, um, Commissioner Roman um, is no longer with the commission, um, which saddens me. It was nice when we finally all got in chambers and having him here. Um, but we will have some new members moving forward pending council's decision. Um, this was a very tough meeting, and I am perfectly fine with the fact that we don't always agree because I think that's how, in the end, we reach the best conclusion. You know, everyone just puts it out there. Um, again, thank you to the community um, for coming. Uh, we hope to see you on a regular basis. It's nice to hear from you because regardless of what some people may think, your community comments do make an impression upon us. And it gives us pause and things to think about. So with that being said. I, I, can I say one oh, thing? Yes, of course. Um, uh, thank you for your service, um, Vice Chair Bobone. Um, I just remember you coming to our commissioner meetings as a participant in the audience, and I was like, I came up to you and talked with you. I said, you've got some really good comments. I wish you would yeah, become appointed. Um, I am also not going to reapply, so this is my last meeting as well. It's just that I just, it's just a feeling, and... Um, at least we have one person that's happy about that. <laughs> but but I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy for all of the uh, public participation, even the passionate ones that don't like me. Um, it's, I think it's important to have. And so um, I just want to thank the public. Um, you guys have really showed up, and we really do need you guys to come, especially in these times. Um, to give your opinions, and we listen. So um, thank you all. It's been a while.
Well, I want to really thank you for your service. You're one of the longest stand. You're the longest standing member on this board, and one of the things you have always been passionate about is listening to residents. And I can second that because when we were having or facing a difficult time on the east side, you always showed up. You always came. We had a neighborhood watch meeting in my apartment where I couldn't fit everyone in the apartment. You were there. Um, and when we were in lockdown and we were doing Zoom, you were the only commissioner I knew. It wasn't until we came to Chambers that many of us met. It was like for the first time. So um, that was a curveball I didn't expect. But um, thank you, Commissioner Berger. I guess we're down to like, and then there were none. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. No, go, go ahead, Commissioner um, Oliver. Well, I, that was a curveball, uh, also a curveball, but I just wanted to thank both of you. Um, that neighbor that you were describing, the neighbor that could disagree, have a heated discussion, and then go outside and be neighbors again, both of you embody that. Um, I've served with both of you for years now, I think, um, and you've always, even when we haven't agreed, you've brought a measured tone uh, a very reasonable um, perspective and and really embody that that idea that reasonable people can disagree respectfully. Um, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your service to the city. Um, and you will definitely be missed on the commission, both of you. Yes, thank you. And I think we all do, you know, work well together. I mean, Commissioner Steele and I have a date next week, so, um, you know, all is good, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I want a text update from that date. <laughs> You'll get one. Uh, I also just wanted to thank Commissioner Berger. You've always, always centered the residents, centered community. You always bring this body back to the residents. Um, and I know you're out there. You're out there all the time. I hear it from the community. Um, and I, I think it's, it's fantastic. And I, I appreciate all of your service um, and taking the time to go to the LGBTQ training at the sheriff's station we both attended. Um, and uh, just all the best wherever you, wherever you go, whatever you do, they'll be really lucky to, to have you. Um, and Vice Chair Balbone, I want to thank you for your words tonight. I want to thank you for all of the work you've done. When I first started, I nominated you for chair, not as an intended slight, um, but a celebration of the fact that you were the only commissioner that ever reached out to me on the LGBTQ board, the only one, and you did it consistently, and you engaged with LGBTQ issues, and you asked, and you wanted to learn, and you wanted to support in the best way that you could, and I respect that tremendously, and I thank you for that then, um, and thank you for everything you bring to the table here, and good luck with the move. All right. Um, with that being said, I think we are adjourned until our next Public Safety Commission meeting, which is on Monday, April the 12th, here in Chambers at 6 p.m. Thank you, everyone, once again.